Robots Radio presents... Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded on December 2nd, 2020. As always, I want to thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the Covenant from the Halo series. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 and we also have, as usual, whenever we talk about Halo lore, our very good friend, guest co-host, Pins Halo. Pins, how are you doing tonight? Doing well. Glad to be back again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it feels like it was just, you know... Last week that we talked about. Yeah, kind of, sort of. <laughs> Just a bit. Um, well, I mean, so for so so we've talked we've talked about the relationship between Master Chief and Cortana. We've talked about the Halo arrays. Um, I know in the past we've talked about Halsey, and we've kind of danced around, especially with the Halo arrays. We kind of danced around the topic of the covenant a little bit, um, or we kind of like started to get our toes in the water a bit. Um, yeah. So as, and, and they're, and they're really honestly, especially in the earlier games, like especially in all the way, really up until Halo three, I think they were really the major antagonist or one of the major antagonists in the Halo series, the covenant. Um, yeah, but they've pretty much all been present throughout the entirety of every Halo game in some way, shape, or form. But yeah, in the um, in what would be considered the Bungie era Halo games, yeah, it was it was the Covenant was the primary um, antagonist that uh, we fought. So I guess again, I mean, the first most you know obvious basic question is what what who are they? What are they? Are they I mean, I think most people who are probably listening to this know that they are multiple species, right? It's it's an actual yeah. covenant. Um, but what what is the covenant? Like when they when we talk about the covenant, what is that? Okay, so probably the it's a religious hegemony of different alien species um, that controlled controlled a large portion of the Orion arm of the Milky Way. Um, they were formed in 852 BCE, which is before Common Era. Um, and it was a, as you said, a group of alien species that had bo- that were bound together by one religion. Um, that religion was based upon worship and reverence of the Forerunners, who have been mentioned a number of times in almost every show that mm-hmm. we've done. Um, and the core of their religion was based around this idea of the great journey, which ended up being a total lie. 
in the end. Um, we'll get into that here in a bit for that part. Um, so when you say in in addition for like the who and the what part is there, like I said, there were a number of different species that made up the covenant. And just to give a quick summary of those, of the main ones that we see in game, the first ones are the Shanshayum. They're also known as prophets. Uh, their homeworld was Janjur Kwam, or, or well, Janjur Kwam was the planet that they were from, but High Charity, which was a mobile planet city that the Covenant used as their capital. Um, from their, their appearance, they were bipedal. They're, they when they stood, they were about seven feet tall. They had very long serpentine necks, necks and limbs. But they had a very frail skeletal structure. This came from um, being so long on high charity and having a lower gravity and actually a smaller gene pool to pull from. Um, oh, you, I'll go into that a little bit for, in a little bit more here in a bit, minute. They also had large amphibian-like eyes, and because of their frail structure, they actually required anti-gravity devices to move around easily. Um, you see this a lot in the Halo 2 and 3, mm -hmm. where we see the High Prophets in these <laughs> large, massive anti-gravity chairs. Um, excuse me while I have very bad flashbacks <laughs> of the fight against the Prophet of... Oh, Mercy. legendary. Yes. <laughs> legendary runs are always so oh. much fun. <laughs> so, um, prior to the firing of the Halo Ray, the Shanshayum had a, hoarded a large number of foreign artifacts on their homeworld. Um... So when they were reseeded back on their home world, they kind of had an advantage and in from a technological standpoint because they had all this forerunner technology that was already available to them. As part of this was the a forerunner, forerunner dreadnought known as the Anodyne Spirit. This was a key ship. Uh, forerunner key ships were designed that they could activate a slipspace portal to the Ark, which is where the Halo rings were actually built. Um, it ended up that the this particular key ship was the one that actually brought the um, prophets back to their homeworld, but it got hijacked by a fragment of the AI mendicant bias, which was the AI that was corrupted by the flood and was defeated by offensive bias. Um, it had been it had not been destroyed; it had just been split into pieces and. Uh, essentially forced to realize what it had done wrong. Um, it was trying to get back to humanity to make amends, uh, but the ship actually crashed on Jandra Quam. Um, so, um, so it ended up that there was a group of priests that would, well, Mendicant Bias and the key ship were both considered key forerunner um artifacts and were the mm -hmm. was the central thing the central icon in the covenant religion as part of it there were a series of priests that would speak for the oracle because in actuality mendicant bias was inactive but they kind of used these priests were supposedly the conduit for the oracle to make decisions and to pass those decisions on so whoever was in charge of the priests essentially could rule um the prophets um, and the lead uh, prophet was called the philo philologist uh, for that. Um, now, initially, um, 
upon the discovery of the key ship. Um, this was in 2200 BCE. Uh, they discover the dreadnought. Um, it's embedded on a piece of land uh, on one of their cover on the shelf of a sea. Um, they begin to worship it. Now, as with any religion like this, there ends up being a split. There were two groups split along lines of how to approach the technology. There were the Stoics. These were they refused to enter the. Sh they just wanted to worship. They didn't want to get. They didn't want to enter any of the forerunner technologies. They didn't want to get into the key ship, and in doing so, they saw it as heretical. You then had the reformists. This was a group that wanted to, and there was several thousand of these. They wanted to enter and study the key ship. They wanted to see what kind, what technology they could get from it, what kind of enlightenment they could get from it. These two essentially had a bit of a cold war for a period of time uh, that slowly became hot to the point where at one point in time, the reformists stormed and entered the dreadnought. Um, they spent the next 40 days um, researching and looking to decode the foreigner symbols and whatnot. And they figured out how to actually take off to activate the ship and take off. So when they did this, they actually took a huge chunk of the planet with them. Um, so they, took off to go ahead and essentially find other forerunner artifacts and things of that nature. Um, and what they would have, what they took with them, the key ship and the part of the planet would actually form the foundation of the great city of high charity. Um, during their travels, this is when they encountered the Hergok and they enlisted them into the, to working with forerunner relics because the Hergok actually understood the forerunner symbols. Um, and it was the key ship that gave the Shan Shayum status of leaders of the covenant because it was considered the central central icon of the religion. Um, the next race are the Sanghili. These are the elites. Their homeworld was Sanghelios. They were also bipedal. They were very muscular. They were about seven to eight feet tall. They had uh, quadruple hinged jaws. And for their hands, they had two fingers in the middle and opposing thumbs on either side. Um, like the, uh, like the Sanchayum, uh, homeworld, they had forerunner relics. However, as a slight difference, the Sanghili all revered those relics. They revered the forerunners and they considered tampering heresy, but there wasn't the split that the Sanchayum had. Um, there were some scientists that studied the forerunner, um, technology in secret, but it didn't turn into the civil war and that ended up uh, breaking the profits, profit race apart. Um, because of this, they had developed their own slip space travel and they actually established dozens of colonies. Uh, the Sanghili is a very much a warrior culture, very samurai-like, uh, very driven by honor, and they see all other species as lesser than them. They really didn't have a unified government. It was, a, it was very feudal. And uh, there were a number of clans where that was all based around, around a central house known as a keep. And the Sanghili in charge of the keep was known as a kaidon. Uh, they had a very patriarchal society, very male-dominated. Um, but there was one um, title that actually had status across all clans, and that was Arbiter. This was actually granted to the warrior ruler of all clans, and it was 
for the large portion of the Sangheili uh, history, it was a very great privilege and honor to be named Arbiter. Which is a big difference from what we see in games for Halo 2 with the Arbiter there. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, there was a change that occurred right. after Sangheili joined the Covenant, so... Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, like, and I, I think, like, the other thing, too, is, you know, the the Sangheilis were were viewed by the Sanchium or the prophets as a lesser, which is, you know, kind of an interesting way of, because they, they themselves viewed other species as lesser. Um, but I think, what would you say that it was their honor and warrior, uh, decentralized yeah. warrior culture that allowed the prophets or the Sanchium to kind of manipulate feels like the best word for this situation. Um, I don't know if well, that's was, too heavy, but like, no, it's more along the lines of, and, uh, what ended up happening is when the two finally met, um, and they did get into combat, you know, the Shanghili were definitely warriors. The, the, the elites were definitely warriors. The prophets were not. But the prophets had the edge in technology, um, and that gave them the edge to essentially force the Sangheili to surrender. However, um, the Sangheili could appreciate um, talented warriors and intelligent warriors, which, you know, the prophets, for all their lack of physical stature, they did have technology on their side and they were intelligent. The prophets saw in the elites a very strong military so even though the elites surrendered they ended up coming to peace which and through something known as the writ of union actually formed the covenant at that time so um the elites were would become essentially like the military leaders of the covenant um so but yeah the the prophets did see the elites as lesser than them but they especially at that time they still had a lot of respect for them because they were so strong militarily okay that's 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 fair um mm -hmm. and let's let's take a quick break before we talk about actually the the downfall of that particular uh honorable position um so we'll be we'll be right back myth is a podcast about the very soul of humanity join me each week as i explore stories from our history, from our mythologies, about what it means to be human. I'm your host, Tom, and Myth is available on every podcatcher, anywhere. And if you're familiar with any of my other work, then you might realize that Myth is like a lore cast, but for humans. Join me each week on Myth. Okay, so... So, yeah. the, Actually, the elite... Let me Okay, yeah, yeah go for let, it, go for let it. me get let me get through the rest of the uh, the covenant, and we will definitely get into that part, though. Right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but I mean, like, part, I was yeah. just I was thinking, like, you know, you know, the elites up until really Halo Two were the were the military, you know, they they were kind of the gurus of the military, and then in Halo Two we got with you know with the game side we got introduced mm -hmm. to introduced to these these new characters um yeah. who replaced the elites as as of halo 2 um were so and and i'm talking about the brutes um were the brutes part of the covenant prior to our introduction to them in halo 2 
actually, yes, they were. Um, they were. They came into the Covenant. Um, I think they were one of the last one last of the group to be brought in. Okay. Um, I believe, but they were definitely in place well before the uh, the start of the Human Covenant War. Okay. Okay. So, so okay, and, yeah. and okay. So, so what are the brutes? I guess. Yeah. So the brutes, their formal uh, name is Yerohane, but brutes. Their homeworld is a is a planet Doisac. Um, their appearance is they're bipedal, and they're this strange cross between a gorilla, rhinoceros, and a bear. <laughs> if which you, sounds ridiculous, it, but actually rid- makes perfect sense if you know if you've seen one. <laughs> And it, and it explains why they kind of change a little bit from game to game. There, there is a very definitely there is a very heavy um, gorilla, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, feel to the brutes. Um, they're about eight feet tall. They're very large and very stocky. They're exceedingly strong and exceedingly physical in combat. Um, as anyone who played any of the games would know. When you damage a brute enough, they go into a berserker rage and they totally forget about using their weapons and they just attack you. Um, so, and for for those that um, attended Halo Outpost, um, there was a size comparison ch- chart of all of the Covenant races, and the only thing bigger than a brute was a hunter. Mm-hmm. And it's Which, it was kind of intimidating to look up and see this, eight, and it's like eight foot tall. It's like wow. Um, the from a societal standpoint, uh, the brutes all dealt in packs, and it was essentially the everything was survival of the fittest for the pack. So if you showed any weakness at all, you could be even though you, you know even it was though it was your family you would be usurped. Probably the the biggest example of this in the Halo universe, it happened in the book Halo Contact Harvest. Um, originally, the clan leader for the Brutes that are in that book was Maccabus. Um, he got injured, and his nephew Tartarus killed him because he was no longer fully able to... He was not 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the society... Uh, the leader, the pack leaders were all known as chieftains. You could tell who the chieftain was because they had the gravity hammer. So, and which was very symbolic as well as on, mm-hmm. on their style because <laughs> subtlety was not their strong suit. Big hammer, hit things, smash things. You know, so uh, think of the Hulk in in an Ultimate Rage. Mm-hmm. That pretty much sums it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, and then talking about the the hunters you know you mentioned them these are yep. these are one of my favorite ones yeah uh, the hunt this although the game in in the game we know them as hunters but actually it's their the the name is like Lek, Golo. uh their home world is the planet tay and actually they they're all very small worm like creatures uh they're maybe a foot foot and a half in length for the most part, um, but they can join together to form larger colonies with a single personality. Uh, these are, you know, uh, also known as gestalts, an organized whole that is perceived as more as the sum of its parts. 
There are a couple of forms for this that we've come across inside of the Halo games. The first is the Megalagolo. These are the hunters. These are a colony that uh, a colony of of Legolo that have come to f- together to form that twelve foot tall armored behemoth that has a shield on his left arm, a plasma cannon on his right arm, and they usually work in pairs, which makes them really really fun to fight. Unless you're in Halo CE and you're able to get behind them with the Halo mm-hmm. CE Magnum, yep, which is a one shot. <laughs> Doesn't matter how far away, a one shot with a Halo CE Magnum will take out a hunter. I really want to know who at Bungie coded that wrong <laughs> all i all i remember is when you showed me the halo 5 variant of the mm-hmm. r- the wall run with, with the oh. magnum yep the, the rail gun in yeah. pistol form uh but yeah so and then the other part the other thing is um in halo when you the scarabs that we come across in halo 2 and in 3 and in odst Guess what? They're all made up of Legolo colonies. Um, essentially, a scarab is a quadrupedal mining platform, which is fitted with a massive focus cannon, and what allows it to move are Legolo worms. Then, for those of you that played Halo 4, the Harvester, especially that in Spartan Ops, that Harvester, which is nothing more than a huge excavate, it's the largest excavation uh, platform that the Covenant had. Yeah, that was made up by like Golo worms as well. It was known as Spalicolo. Um Again, just a massive colony uh, that was that's essentially was put together to drive these massive uh, excavators. Uh, both the Scarab and the Harvester. Their primary focus was for mining, for mining and drilling for forerunner artifacts. But they had been kind of changed over for weapons once uh, they came in contact with humanity. There is one other section, one other type of Legolo. We do not come across this in game. The only place that we have come across this can be seen in the uh, live-action Halo Nightfall. It was Thanolikolo. It was a meta colony of Legolo. They were only found on Installation 04, and they were actually created by the Forerunners in an attempt to, um, excuse me, combat the flood. Uh, that plan never worked out. Um, it was a massive colony. They were very sensitive to technology, um, and they could um, they would not only that, but they would attack and destroy biological life. So it was an attempt to use Legolo to destroy the flood because apparently the Legolo were not able to be infected by the flood. That would make sense in a really weird way because they're yep. individually not; they wouldn't be of interest to the flood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and huh. Lord knows I, I thought about that. That would be absolutely I, terrifying if they were. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I that that actually would give me a nightmare to realize <laughs> that I had a flood infected hunter. No, <laughs> nope, no, nope. no, 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 no. Not unless you give me back the Halo ZE Magnum. No. <laughs> so, um, the next one is. I don't know of any Halo fan that doesn't seem to have a small soft spot for these guys. <laughs> The young boy, the grunts. Um, their homeworld again. Uh, these are the grunts. These are the these are the the ones that have all the quips and the high pitched voices that seem to be running away, calling us de- saying "demon" uh, in the games. And they also have some of the best like Easter egg lines at all. Um, 
Their home world is the planet Balhalo. Uh, this is a methane planet because that's their primary, what they primarily breathe is methane, which is why in game you see them with masks and these large tanks on the back. It allow, allows them to actually function. Uh, they're bipedal. They actually have an exoskeleton, but they are a vertebrae species. They're not invertebrates. Um, they're only about, well, only about four to five feet tall. Um, they're really stocky, but, and they have, as I said, they have really high-pitched voices. Um, they, again, they also are very much a pack, but out of all of the Covenant, they're the most gregarious and sociable. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. And again, it, it anyone who's played the games and, and listened to the audio, it's like, yeah. I mean, they have some of the funniest lines. And as a side note, the the one guy who who voiced a lot of the grunts in Halo's 1, 2, 3, and ODST was Joe Staten. Which still, I, I love that. I love yeah. that little factoid. Yeah. Now, the other thing about the the grunts was they were actually seen as unintelligent because they weren't educated by the Covenant, but they really weren't. They they actually had intelligence. They were actually fearsome fighters as well. Um, <clears throat> but uh, they were kind of seen as cannon fodder for the Covenant, um, mainly because, like, individually, they really weren't, they couldn't, like, individually, like, even normal, unarmored, unaugmented soldiers could defeat a grunt, but they came in waves and just, and like huge packs that would just come and attack you and wipe you out. They, they made up in quantity what they yeah. lacked in strength. They also mm -hmm. are some of the quickest to just go into a suicide run. Yes. The suicide grunts. Those, the suicide yeah, those grunts are just, it's even more terrifying when there are the mech grunts that then decide to go suicide. And it's like, no, 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 you're, you're too big to do this. <laughs> well, you know, just, uh, it's all, uh, but the, I mean, you're not wrong, but I mean, they, even the, those grunts and those mechs actually do have some great lines. Oh gosh. The, the shooty, yeah. shooty car. Shooty, shooty car is still one of my favorites. <laughs> okay. We only have a few more uh, races left to go over. Uh, the Kigyar, mm -hmm. Jackals, and also the Skirmishers that we see in Halo Reach. Um, they're both technically Kigyar. Uh, they're just in slightly different position. They all fall under Kigyar. They're just like sub-races or sub-categories. I don't know what the technical term would be for this. The Jackals' homeworld is Aeon, and the Skirmishers' homeworld is Tavao. Now the jackals are six. Now they're both six feet tall. Um, they're both kind of slender, although the skirmishers are a little bit more muscular. Um, the jackals actually are, appear more dinosaur-like, while the skirmishers more are more avian in in features. Uh, the skirmishers also have beaked heads with teeth, but and both have clawed hands and feet. Um, they're very clannish in nature. They actually, and their society is actually uh, matriarchal. So when all the key, like if all of the named jackals that are in Halo lore, a lot of them are women or female, I should say. Um, they're, you know, they act as shipmasters. They act as heads of their society. Um, and they're also pretty much pirates. So they're, they're the ones that are, uh, that will prey on anybody to make a buck off of anything. 
which you get a really good sense of in Hunt the Truth. Yeah, you do. And you also see it in um, uh, Smoke and Shadow, which was mm-hmm. a, which was one of the other novels um, that, uh, oh, I can't, I, I hate the fact that I can't remember who wrote that right now, but um, it followed the Rion Forge, who was the daughter of uh, John Forge from Halo Wars. It was, uh, it's all, it's very well written and it's worth the time to read. Um, so, um, next we have the Yanmei. These are the drones, otherwise known as buggers. We come across them in Halo 2 and 3, and also in ODST. Uh, their homeworld is Palamok. They're five feet tall, very insect-like. Their wings are very beetle-like. Uh, they are capable of flight, and they do have vestigial limbs on their abdomen. Um, much like insects they have a they have a hive mind and they have a queen that is at the center of that hive um they really didn't interact they're pretty much keep to themselves and they don't interact much with other species of the covenant unless they absolutely have to and the last is well your favorite the Huragok. um fun note they're technically not a separate species they are um they're a man they're a created species they were actually artificially created by the forerunners they're amazing yes um they're known as engineers um overall they have six appendages they have uh, a bulbous section in the back with air sacs they have a very long neck a small snout six eyes and they float uh, normally, they are blue in nature, but there is a version that worked with life workers, which was the science and medical part of the forerunners, that they were green. So those are the races, the primary races that we come across that make up the covenant. Each one of these had some different roles. Uh, the, the San Shayum, they were the leaders, uh, the, uh, both of their society and of their religion. Um, the ones, the, there was a high council. Um, and the leaders were known as hierarchs with what they called high prophets, which were prophets that were actually in charge. These were the highest religious leaders of the high council, and they held near absolute power. Uh, in the Halo games, we're talking about the high prophets of truth, regret, and mercy. Uh, the Sangheili, these were the shipmasters and warrior generals. They also served as the honor guard of the prophets up until 2552. Um, the Yurohane, the brutes, these were their shock. They served as shock troops. Also, uh, uh, in 2052, they took over for the honor guard. Uh, and that, was, were, that was the Halo 2 upset that we I had mentioned yep. earlier. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. The Great Schism. The Lakolo were heavy ground troops. The Ungoy were shock troops, cannon fodder. Kigyar were scouts and the damn snipers. Anyone who remembers running Metropolis on Halo 2 on Legendary knows exactly what I why I'm so frustrated with that. Um, the Yanmei, actually, they were originally engineers. They were brought in to help repair things. Um, and also, later in the war, they were pressed as airborne infantry. And then you have the Huragok. Excuse me. Again, they were actually supplanted the Yanmei as engineers. And they also worked at gathering and excavating foreign artifacts. And also, real quick, too, I think you mentioned it, but the Light Golo uh, were really good at excavating, too, um, because weren't weren't they the ones that would burrow, but they wouldn't eat technology? Yeah, they were, in regarding, uh, yes, well, yeah, they, they could, they definitely 
could eat technology. Right, <laughs> right. Is, they would, but they would but like. They, but they, they could, would. they could, yeah. But they, they also were the, they were the engines of the two covenant excavator major excavators in the scarab and the harvesters. Mm. Okay. But, okay. Yeah. Because yeah, I remember, but, I I think it was was it Broken Circle that you had the high charity. I think it's the the floating city that they had the Logoko. The ones where we learned about the the uh, transfer to the new prophets. Oh, uh, that remember. that was in. Uh, was that a that short was story? Contact Harvest. Contact yeah, Harvest. Okay. Contact okay. Harvest. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, um, I think. They, yeah. The 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 covenant the the prophets sent Legolo worms to disable the engines of uh of the key ship that's right that okay that's right okay okay mm-hmm. um okay cool uh let's take one more break real quick and then i i know you have on the note that you want to talk about the way that the covenant actually keeps time because surprise surprise in a in a vast alien culture there is a you know they have a way of tracking time my name is brian burton it's been 26 years since the bombs fell and since i've left the vault i've been trying to rebuild this isn't the appalachia that i remember there's so much more to everything going on promise to find the answer so if you're out there if you're listening just hone in on these coordinates remember there's a place for you at the end omega the omega broadcast fallout story is available on itunes spotify and many great podcasting sources okay so timekeeping for the covenant um how what how <laughs> i don't really know the well, segue into it how how does yeah, it work there's, there's no easy way to do it now they kind of i mean obviously they still have they they classify everything periods of times as ages uh and these are all marked by major events there are they actually all fall into seven categories um and <clears throat> other than the first one that we'll talk about each one of these ages has happened multiple times uh so oh okay okay so, so it's like a so, it's like the mayan calendar like the rotation okay kind of yeah um i won't go into how they handle their days and whatnot because that just gets really confusing <laughs> so the categories of the, the categories are the age of abandonment now there's only one of these that was essentially the time before well the time before when the forerunners activated the halo array essentially that's known as the age of abandonment you have then you have ages of conflict now these are major conflicts these are um the civil war between the stoics and the reformers uh for the prophets these are the um the ungoy rebellion these are um like the war between the uh the prophets and the the elites those are considered ages of conflict mm-hmm. you then have ages of discovery and reconciliation uh these are times marked by large leaps in technology or um after peace has been declared between the covenant and a new race the time frame where the covenant adjusts its structure to accommodate the new species these are known as 
Ages of Reconciliation. You have Ages of Conversion. This is the time frame where the species that make up the Covenant were defeated. Um, the end of the um, war between the um, elites and prophets is one. Uh, ages of Doubt. Uh, like any major society, there are there's a lot of in, there are times of internal dissent and conflict. That's another age that's set aside in the or that's identified inside of the covenant structure. And the last one is ages of reclamation. These are um, these are periods of time where major forerunner artifacts are discovered. Um, for example, the halo rings. That actually takes that is ushered in that's actually the ninth age of reclamation so there are eight other times in covenant history that they came across some kind of major forerunner structure um the shield world in halo wars that was the discovery of that would help would have been in an age of reclamation the idea that they've discovered new forerunner technology and are researching it and integrating it in so that's kind of how they break their timeline up um like i seem to remember like the uh age of conflict i believe there was at least 39 of those jeez just again because these are major conflicts um right yeah i mean it makes sense but still yeah it's like i may be trying to remember that one specifically but i believe like the 39th age of conflict was the the grunt rebellion so oh it's so sad yeah oh Man, well, I think it is the age of shout outs. <laughs> um, I mean, so, I mean, this, I think this, this really is, you know, as we kind of have started doing with the new kind of format for the show, um, we try to use these first intro sessions as exactly that, a good intro. Um, and I think that really is a really well done intro. I, I really like, it's a huge shout out actually to you, Pens, for putting together the summary um, I know we were joking oh, about. I know we were joking about that before. Um, "Quote unquote summary." Summary, yes, I, I, yes, I, I fully sympathize with that. Um, but like, I, I really think that that was that's a really good intro to it, um, and it shows like the breadth of this this antagonistic force, really. Um, but do do you have any shout outs for the intro session for us? Um, again, for you guys for having me on, uh, again, I do appreciate it. Also a really big shout out, um, for, uh, the guys over at Halopedia. Uh, Halopedia is, um, it's all fan driven. <laughs> um, I can tell you the, one of the lead, uh, lead guys there is CIA 391 as that's his handle on Twitter. Um, and it's halopedia.org. Uh, they've done an amazing job at cataloging all the information uh, that has been out there for the Halo in the Halo universe. You know, 32 novels, the comics, the uh, animated stuff, um, the live action stuff, all of the commercial live action commercials, all the other little pieces of lore that come inside games. They've all categorized that and put that together, and they've done it in a really great way. Um, I can tell you right now that putting, excuse me, putting this stuff together would be immensely more difficult <laughs> if it wasn't for that. So, um, big shout out to the guys over at Halopedia. They, they, they help make me seem more knowledgeable than I really am. Yeah. That, that wiki is that, 
every time I visit that site, it blows me away how well mm-hmm. and how well put together it is. Like they have so much information included and it's it's not I'm not going to say it's not overwhelming because it is, but it's it also is. it's overwhelming not because of the structure but because of just the sheer amount of information. Oh, like they yeah. have like what, I mean, they have over 13,000 pages now or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, n- you know, no diss on Baxter or any of the guys for Ishtar, but well, just, I mean, yeah, it's it's yeah. This is this is I mean, they've been they is this their third third platform that they've had to move to because they keep outgrowing I mean, it. I think so. I mean, they're, they're not to go too deep into the history, but there actually used to be um, the Halo Wiki, and then you had Halopedia. And the two of them merged. That's right. So, That's what that was. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. That wasn't too. That was in the past couple of years that that occurred. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's the same in any community. I mean, for Destiny, you have the guys over at Ishtar and Destinypedia. And then in Halo, you have Halopedia, and it's just like you have these dedicated group of people of fans who go above and beyond to categorize and catalog everything. To make everyone else, to make everyone else's life a ton easier in trying to find information, you know, uh, whether you're trying to find information about um, what happened, you know, what happened in 2552, or you know, you want to find out more about AI or the you know the Covenant forerunners, you can type it in, you know, it'll bring up the articles, and uh, you know, if the information is is out there in some way, shape, or form, they they probably have it there. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, until until next session, which for us will be in a couple of minutes, but for you guys, it'll be a couple of days. Um, I just always, as or as always, want to thank you for your time. And until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast. And let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.